Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pretty Much Jesus podcast and this is the Christmas edition. That's right, Christmas is just around the corner, Christmas 2021, and I am excited about that. It is the season of lights. Um, speaking of lights, there's this neighborhood where I live that's not too far from me. And every year, this neighborhood, I don't know if they have some kind of association or whatever, but the entire neighborhood goes berserk with Christmas decorations. And I mean, it's not like just chaos. It is like strategically planned with just pure beauty. Like, I can't believe there hasn't been a Hallmark Christmas movie filmed in this neighborhood. Uh, maybe there has been. I don't know. But it's incredible. Like every year, this time of year, every night, there is a line down the road of cars who just circle through to see this unbelievable display of lights and decorations in this neighborhood. It's, it's, it's just phenomenal. Well, I was thinking about lights, and some researchers at MIT did an experiment recently where they, they sought to answer the question, what would be possible if we could capture and visualize light in motion? Now, if you remember from science class a few years ago or a few decades ago, uh, you would remember that light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So that comes out to roughly 670 million miles per hour. In other words, you can't observe light in motion. It's far too fast. But they, they tried to, to set this experiment that what would it look like if we could see light in motion? And so what they did was they had a Coke bottle set up. Then they had a laser generator that would send out pulses of light and these photons of light through the Coke bottle. And so they set up several cameras around this experiment, and each camera was set at a trillionth of a second delay from the next camera, and they're capturing at an incredible rate. And so after taking several photos of these light pulses going through the Coke bottle, they would then curate all that visual data and put them into sequence so that they're able to play back in super slow motion at a, at a rate of a trillion frames per second, these light photons literally traveling in slow motion through the Coke bottle. You're able to see how light is responding to the surfaces and the environment around it. It's absolutely insane that they pulled this off. It's incredible. And if you want to see it, I've put uh, a link to the YouTube video. It's on the show notes. So by all means, please pause this episode right now. Go to that YouTube link, watch this video and see it for yourself. And then you can come back and listen to the rest of the talk. But it got me thinking about seeing light in motion. And I thought about this story in the Bible about a people 2000 years ago who got to watch light in motion and it changed everything. And this story comes to us in the book of Isaiah, which is actually written about 700 years before Jesus came on the scene on this planet. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, Isaiah says this, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. 
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has shone light. This is an incredible story about a place on earth, a place that he describes that used to be in gloom and anguish. It was a place of contempt and a place of deep darkness. And yet that there was coming a day when there would no longer be gloom and anguish in this place. There would no longer be contempt, but there would be glory. There would no longer be darkness, but there would be light. And the place that he talks about is called the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the land beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the nations. So what's that all about? Like, what is this place he's talking about? Well, there's some things you need to know about this place that just makes this prophecy so incredible. And it's if you think about in the days after Solomon, the, the kingdom of Israel split into two kingdoms. You had the northern kingdom, which retained the name Israel, and you had the southern kingdom, which was called Judah, right? Now, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali are in the far northern reaches of the northern kingdom of Israel. And in Isaiah's day, when he's writing, he, the great Assyrian empire is coming to take over the northern kingdom of Israel. And God's been sending his prophets warning them that this day would come if they didn't turn and repent and, and surrender their lives to him and love God and trust him and obey his covenant. But this land of Assyria would come, and whenever they would come into a nation, the first place they would come to, the first towns and the first regions that they would come to, they would pour out all of their gusto, all of their wrath, all of their fury upon that region in order to make them an example of everybody else so that when they would continue to advance through the nation, people would just bow down and say, you can have it all, and they would just surrender and the Assyrians could just walk right in. Guess where that place is where they poured out the worst of their wrath? You guessed it the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali. It was a place of gloom and anguish. Why? Because they suffered greatly at the hands of the Assyrians. And not only was it a place of immense suffering, but it was also a place of unfaithfulness to God. Remember, the whole reason the Assyrians were even able to come in was because of God's judgment on them. He continued to warn them, please turn back. Please trust me. Please walk with me. We've made a covenant. I am your God. You're my people. But they continued to reject God. They continued to worship idols. They continued to turn away. And finally, what God had warned them would happen, finally happened. The Assyrians came in and destroyed everything. It was a place of unfaithfulness to God. It was also a place that was seen as being far from God in a religious sense. Remember, I talked about the southern kingdom of Judah. Well, Judah had Jerusalem in their land, and Jerusalem had the temple of God in the center. They had all the religious leaders, and so they had the, in their minds, the proper worship, right? They had the temple so they could keep all the 
sacrifices and the festivals and they do it just the way God told them to do it. They had all the religious leaders. I mean, it was the epicenter of worshiping the true God of Israel. They had it going on. And so when they looked at those up in Galilee on the north end, far away, who didn't have access to the temple and didn't have access to all of that, they, th they saw those people as they're, they're far from God. Their worship is not proper. Their worship is not good enough, right? They're just, they're just pathetic up there in the Galilee of the nations. And furthermore, there's a lot of Gentiles in this land and there's a lot of pagan influence. And so as far as they know, these people are just not true worshipers of God. It was a place of the have-nots. It wasn't this big cultural epicenter. They didn't have all the glitz and the glam of the Assyrians or, or the religious center of the kingdom of Judah. And lastly, the Bible says it was a place, a land of deep darkness. Whenever the Bible talks about darkness, it's talking about spiritual blindness. In other words, this place was characterized, and it, did, it didn't mean everybody was this way, but by and large, the people in this land were blind to the truth. They could not see God's heart. They did not understand God's plan. They did not know God. They had no hope in God. And so they lived their everyday life simply for the here and now, because as far as they knew, that's all there is. They didn't understand that there's hope and forgiveness and life in a relationship with God. They simply could not see it. They lived in deep darkness. But something was about to change. It says those people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You're like, what is this light that suddenly came upon them and changed everything and took away the gloom and the anguish and the contempt and replaced it with glory. Well, if you keep reading in that text down in verse number six, it tells us what the light is. And it says this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this the light that came to this land was a person and he came as a child, but it wasn't some ordinary child. This child was a child who would be a ruler, who would rule with justice and righteousness. This child would be a counselor. This child would be a father. This child would be a prince of peace. And this child, incredibly enough, would be mighty God. Light was coming to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. You're like, what is that? How does that... How, how did that happen? What do you mean light came to them? Well, remember the Christmas story. Mary and Joseph are about to have a child. Mary is, and, and they had to travel to Bethlehem for a census. 
And it just so happens that when they were in Bethlehem, that was the time that Jesus would be born. And you're thinking, oh, wow, this is amazing. God is sovereign and he rules. He's working everything out just perfectly because just as the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah is to be born into this world, he just so happens to be in Bethlehem, just 30 miles outside of Jerusalem. Man, this is perfect. God is coming and guess where he's coming? Of course, he's coming to Jerusalem. Right there he is. He's so close. This is the perfect place for Jesus to step on the scene right where all the religious leaders are, right where the temple is, where proper worship is going on. Of course, this is where God would show up. But is that what happens? No. Because as God would have it, Mary and Joseph would flee to Egypt and they're fleeing from Herod who wanted to kill all the baby boys in the region. And after a time in Egypt, when it was safe, God spoke to Joseph and Mary and said, it's time. And they came back into the land, but did they go to Jerusalem or Bethlehem? No, they went back to Nazareth, which is in the Galilee of the nations. The very land of gloom and anguish the land of immense suffering, the land of unfaithfulness to God, the land far from God, the land of the have-nots, the land of deep darkness. And suddenly, just as the prophet said 700 years before, light came into the land of darkness. And he didn't come at 186,000 miles per second. He came into that land at the average walking speed of three miles per hour. God came to us as a child walking. Why? Because he wanted us to see the light. Jesus came as a child. Why? Because he wanted us to see the light. Jesus walked and ran throughout the village. Why? He wanted us to see the light. Jesus lived and moved and did his ministry right before our eyes in human flesh. Why? Because he wanted us to see the light. Jesus healed the blind and the sick and the lame and raised the dead right before us. Why? Because he wanted us to see the light. Jesus challenged the religious leaders of the day because of their hypocrisy. Why? Because God wanted us to see the light. Jesus was crucified on a cross in broad daylight in wide open public. Why? Because God wanted us to see the light. Jesus was buried in a tomb, but the stone was rolled away and he came out and the tomb was left empty. Why? Because God wanted us to see the light. Jesus walked with his disciples after his resurrection and had breakfast with them on the beach. Why? Because he wanted these men of Galilee to see the light. Jesus ascended into heaven right before the very eyes of these disciples from Galilee. Why? Because he wanted them to see the light. So it's no surprise then that these very men from Galilee, from the land of deep darkness, went into all the world and spread the gospel everywhere because they said, we cannot help but speak of what we have heard and what we have seen. Because in our land, of deep darkness 
a great light has finally shone. And we see and we know he is the truth. So this Christmas, I want to say to you, if, if, you're, if you feel like, man, I've, I've suffered so much. I've suffered so much that it feels as though I'm cursed by God that God doesn't love me, that God is far from me, because if he did love me, I wouldn't suffer as much as I have suffered. I want you to know you're just like the people of Zebulun and Naphtali, and the light has come for you. Maybe you say, I've been so unfaithful to God. I'm so far from anything he would want me to be. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, my life is in the opposite direction of right and holy and good and true. If you only knew what I've been through, if you only knew what I've done, you would know there's no chance for me. But you're just like the people in the Galilee of the nations. And the light has come for you. Maybe you say, I'm far from God and religiosity. I'm, I'm just... There's so many obstacles between me and even going to church, much less having a vibrant relationship with God. I, I just, there's, there's no way. You're just like those in Galilee and the light has come for you. Maybe you're a have not, you're like, I don't have the glitz and glam. I don't, I'm not the kind of person who's worthy of God's love and affection and favor. That's, that's for somebody else. You're just like these people in the land of deep darkness. And maybe you're listening now and you've been living in darkness, blind to the truth of Jesus. You're exactly like those people to whom the light came. Jesus came as God in the flesh. He lived as a human, he died a human death and he rose in the body because God wanted you to see he's the light he's the way the truth and the life fix your eyes on Jesus that's the message of Christmas